All right. Well, good evening. So glad to see you. This evening, we're going to do something different. I'm not doing exactly double duty. I want to give you some time and some space as we enter into this new year. But first, let me tell you a story. And it's from a church conference. I don't usually go to church conferences. I'm not a, I used to, now I don't. And one of the reasons is this. I'll never forget many years ago, there was a gentleman who was an Old Testament professor. Now, on the conference scene, Old Testament professors, save for a couple, aren't exactly the rock stars of the megachurch conference world. But this guy blew the roof off. And his intro remarks to a group of church planters in an enormous room was this. He said, church planters don't spend $100 on another conference in a couple months. And we're all like, oh, I was feeling pretty good about it because I got my ticket from a friend. So, so far, I'm feeling great. Then he goes, don't spend $200 on a plane to get here. And I was feeling really good because this was in Irving and I just drove 30 minutes. He says, don't spend $300 on a hotel. I said, I came from my house. And he goes, don't spend another $400 on food and books. And I was like, I got a lot at Chipotle and I bought a lot of books. But his intro remarks and what he was getting at is this. He said, you have all you need already. And I sat there and I thought, he must be talking about the guys that bought the plane tickets and came here. He goes, no, no, you have all you need already. He says, you're filled with the Holy Spirit. You have the presence of Jesus Christ. And you have the strength and power of a father who loves you and is with you. You have everything you need. If you have a wife or a mom or a husband or somebody that is praying for you and begging God for you and interceding for you, even better. But if you don't, and he looked all of us in the eye, he says, you have everything you need. Just get out there and do it. And I've thought about that a lot. And I just have to ask, what if he was here telling you that God has given you what you need to do what you've been called to do this week, this year, in your, in your life and in your roles. Would you believe him? What if you have everything you need? If you're following Jesus, you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you have Jesus' example and way, you have scripture and the word of God bearing witness to the God who is with you, what if I told you, lay all your New Year's resolutions, visions, dreams, and intentions out on the table, and God says, yep, you got everything you need. Oh, but I need to go get this, or I need it. No, no, no. When you need it, I'll give it. When you ask for it, I'll give it. But right now, start walking. You have everything you need. What if I told you, and what if we believed that God has given our church what we need to do what God has called us to do, to live up to our name as the neighborhood church, 
to live up to this wild idea that we might become, in Christ, the most loving church in Garland. That we might become a fellowship of difference, where all people can come and feel welcomed and warmed and invited into the life and love of Jesus. And to set off on the way together. What if we believe that God has given us all that we need? What if we believe that the story of 2023 is not marked by the story of the pandemic, though we're marked by it. We believe that God is calling us to a new chapter. What if then the missing piece is simply our attentiveness to God's presence and power within us? Because the thing is, that church conference was years ago, and I bought a lot of books and been to a lot of webinars since. But maybe the missing ingredient and why we don't believe we have all we need is a lack of attention. So let's talk about attention. Prayer, I believe, is a primary means of attentiveness to God's work in our life. Prayer is like the act, the action. It's the thing that gets us off of our phones that's demanding our attention every day and always and forever, literally designed and studied and perfected to steal our attention. Prayer is that thing that gets our eyes off of our phones, ourselves, our circumstance, our situations, and it gets us seeing a world in which God is at work, and it brings us back to attention of the God who's with us and given us what we need. And so, to paraphrase Eugene Peterson, let's put it a different way. Prayer is a soul at attention before God. I tried diligently to find where he says this exactly. I just think I've been misquoting him for like 10 years. He says something about this in the book, Working the Angles, at the very beginning. But prayer is a soul at attention before God. Do you believe this? When Kristen just led us in prayer, when Miguel led us in prayer, you might not have generated those words, but was your soul at attention? Were you giving it the juice and stuff of your heart and mind and intention? That's how we can pray together when just one person is voicing a prayer. You mingle your souls, you put your souls at attention before God. Does that make sense? What if we taught this to our kids? At the dinner table, let's not just do the same old, same old. Hey, please bless us. No, no, no. Hey, man, wake up. We're talking to God. He's with us right here. He's listening. He loves you. We're not just saying words to the air. Prayer is a soul at attention before God. What happens if we're sitting in stillness and silence and we're not saying words? Is our soul at attention to be present to God's presence? Have you heard that before? What if we're saying a million words and we're just going and it's like our heart is just erupting and flowing. Great is our soul at attention before God. The thing is that we're forgetful. We get distracted. And here's the deal. What if you reframed every distraction as an invitation to turn your attention back? In just a few moments, and I mean like four minutes I'm going to go back to my noisy guitar. I'm going to try to play quietly. And we're going to sit for just a moment and enter into a time that Toby and Jason will lead us in as well. 
of starting the new year from a posture of attentiveness. So this evening, we're going to bring our intentions to our lives in the year ahead. We're going to bring our intentions, and then we're going to bring our attention to the God who is with us now and each step of the road ahead. This is on a slide here because I want you to see we're going to use a framework. And the framework is the P-R-A-Y. That's our framework. And the language of the Lord's Prayer will be some prompts if you need some inspiration. There's a QR code here. Would someone try that and tell me if it works? I hope that it leads you to the landing page of a wonderful ministry called 24-7 Prayer. And they have an app called Lectio 365 you may have heard me talk about before. I'm offering this to you if you haven't tried it out. Maybe you want to put it in your toolkit, but you got everything you already need. This just helps you get your attention back. But we borrowed this from them. It's the class that Toby taught just recently in the fall. And it's a nice framework and grid if you're driving in the car and you want to listen to the nine-minute audio recording with some wonderful accents from the team in the UK. Or you can just use it and look at it on your own. Maybe you don't have it. That's fine. What if you spent five minutes tonight, a few minutes tomorrow, pausing to recenter on God? Then Toby will lead us in a time of rejoicing and going back and saying, hey, thanks, God. And then putting your story where you're saying, thank you, there's reasons to sing and celebrate, and putting it within the story of God in Scripture to reflect on Scripture. And then what comes most naturally to us in our life with God is we ask. And I want you to know that Jesus taught us in the Lord's Prayer to ask for something as little as bread and as big as the kingdom come. But we're going to ask. And then finally, Jason's going to lead us in a time of yielding ourselves to God's will, to God's way. And we're going to do that together as we do each week at the table. So if you don't want to get the app, since I just talked about a phone that distracts you, cool. Remember, P-R-A-Y. We're going to practice that together. We're going to be attentive together. We're going to bring our intentions for the new year and sprinkle in that missing ingredient so often in our life to bring our attention to the God that's with us. So again, we'll see the P-R-A-Y. You'll see some Lord's Prayer language up there if you need some inspiration as we're sitting for a couple moments of quiet. But what would it look like for our church to begin the new year from a posture of attentiveness and receptivity? For the new schedules, the new jobs, the new school year, and to be attentive. One final word before we pause. I love what Thomas Merton said, giving a glimpse of his prayer life to a person that may not have even been a Christian. He was corresponding to a friend in Pakistan who was a Sufi, and he wrote this to this gentleman years ago. I have a very simple way of prayer. It is centered entirely on attention to the presence of God and to his will and his love. That's a soul at attention. 
I'm going to put the microphone down. I'm going to play quietly. And I'm going to give you a moment to pause and to recenter your scattered senses on the presence of God. You're going to get distracted. Pastor Bud used to always talk about in moments of stillness how he takes Jesus to Kroger with him because he starts mixing in his shopping list and what he needs to do for the week. Jesus will go with you to Kroger and reframe every distraction as an invitation to turn back your attention to the God who loves you and who's longing to be gracious to you. So would you just take a deep breath, take a moment, let's pause to be still, and then Toby will lead us in a few moments as we rejoice and reflect. All right, church, as we come back together, we're going to move into R, which is rejoice, which is a beautiful thing all the time, but it has a specialness when you get to share it with the community. Um, so I want you to take just a moment to just maybe silently in your own mind, think about what are you rejoicing? Psalm 9, the first part of Psalm 9 says, I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart, and I will tell of all of your wonderful deeds. So what wonderful deeds of God are you rejoicing right now? And as something comes to mind, if you're willing and able, and please do, say something to someone sitting close to you. What are you rejoicing? Just someone in your little area by the, of the pews. And now I wonder if anybody would like to voice it out loud for the whole church to hear. What are you rejoicing? 
answered prayers from a present God. Thank you. A home. Amen. God leading all of us to this group of people, the neighborhood church. It's easy to get caught up in the ask part, like what's going wrong right now. So this is a time to really focus on what God has done. Um, and it does take attention and it does take the pausing to be still to think about it. Anyone else like to share? Strength through loss. Yes. Thank you. God loves us where we're at and not where we need to be. I'm so thankful for that. God loves us for who we are. Thank you. The other part of R isn't just, so the rejoice is an excellent thing, and I love doing that when we do this with our church where we're sharing. I'm blessed by hearing what you're rejoicing for. But the other part is to reflect, and by nature of reflecting, you're going inward, and you're usually going into the past, but sometimes you're even going into the future, and like Miguel was telling us, we do these things with God. Going into the past can be a really scary thing, even if it's just that dumb thing I did at work yesterday, or if it's trauma, severe pain, hurt, loss, grief. We're not doing those things alone. We do those things with God. There is a, um, if you've ever heard of the daily examine, and there's actually a printout up here if you would like to grab it at the end of service. Um, but the daily examine is an old thing. Um, and I even have a link here, the ignatianspirituality.com. Um, that kind of takes you to the, some resource material, although there are several things. And I have the original daily exam in here that leads you through a reflection of the day, which is typically something done later in the day or even at night. I actually have a card um, that's close to my bed um, that I kind of go through. Um, but out of prayer, and I don't mean one prayer. I mean prayer over the course of really years, but a really hard months of prayer where um, the anxiety of my work situation was just weighing me down for the whole rest of the day. Um, if you want to know more, I could tell you a lot more about it. Um, but I was really searching for answers about, God, surely you don't want me to be caught up in the anxieties of my work when I go home and when I interact with people. I know that's not glorifying and loving to the people around me. So what can I do about this? Please help me. <coughs> and it started with the daily examine. But through a work in my heart, and like I said, through lots of prayer, seeds that were planted, and it didn't look like anything was happening, and then the rains came down, so to speak, and after a long time, um, something grew out of that. And that was just me taking the uh, daily examine and changing up the words 
Um, and I, it was words that I was hearing from God, things that were coming out of prayers. And so on the bottom half of this handout, if you get it, it's actually something I came up with. Um, it's not exactly specific to being a teacher. I kind of made it more um, open to interpretation to anyone's work. Um, although just the act of personalizing the daily examine was really something um, special for me um, because I did that with God, and it meant a lot to me. So um, if it's something that you think would help you if you're going through a similar thing or if you're just like, I need, I need a break between this part of my day and the rest of my day, maybe before you go to bed. This could be a good thing to do. Or, again, it could be something you do right before you go to sleep at night. Um, but it's basically a reflection. The first part we already did, becoming aware of God's presence, reviewing the day with gratitude about what went well today. That's kind of what we're already doing as part of the pray. Um, but in reflecting about what didn't go well, and I came up with these questions, um, and I'm sure through sermons and things I had heard and scriptures it was and words from God, it was all a matter of those. But it was these three questions um, that God put on my heart, and it made a big difference for me to wrestle with this as I transitioned in my day, and it was, do I owe anyone an apology? Do I need to forgive someone or myself? And what is God calling me to let go? Those are things that really changed my life. And it was through an act of prayer. But um, if you think this could be helpful for you, you can get it right here. And it's also going to be on our website. Um, and the last part of the exam is just looking towards tomorrow. And that kind of gets into the yield part, which Jason will do in a little bit. So if you look at the next part of the Lord's Prayer there for R, R is kind of a big one. There's a lot there. Um, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So I just want to pause for another moment. Maybe you need to reflect. Maybe there's a question I ask that God wants to speak a word to you right now. Or maybe you just want to sit reflecting with God. Now, church, as 
we move on to the A part. This is a very natural part. You're rejoicing, you're reflecting, and things that you don't have. Um, it's like Adam was saying, God's giving us all that we need, but we don't always see it. We don't always recognize it, but we also just always need him. We don't need him once. We need him every day, all the time. We need to be with him. Um, and so we're asking for the little things, as simple as bread. And for some people, that's, that's a big thing. But for most of us in this room, that's probably a small thing. Um, but we can ask for that big thing. Um, no matter how small, no matter how big, God's listening to us. We can ask consistently. The act of prayer is edifying. It's glorifying. It's not something that we do for just for the result. Just the act of asking draws us closer to God. Um, we're attentive to him. And we recognize that he does give us what we need. So in a moment, Adam's going to continue to play, and there'll be some time for you to pray this part of the Lord's Prayer, but it may take you to a different place, a more specific place for you or your neighbors. Like I said, something as little as bread for us, for someone else, having a meal is a huge thing, and that's something we can be praying for as well, church, that every, all of our neighbors are fed every day, literal food. But just follow your heart, and again, go there with God. The uh, why is for, for yield in this framework. And, uh, you know, a member of my family asked me, like, why do we do communion every week? And, uh, you know, easy answer is, uh, you know, Jesus says so, right? 
Uh, same thing our moms and dads say, because I said so. No. But um, you know, there's so much uncertainty in life, right? Like things going on with work is uncertain. Things going on with the world is uncertain. Like your plans and your goals are always uncertain. And, and uh, even like if you partner in life with someone, even the best partnerships, there's uncertainty in times. And, and uh, this is something that there's never any uncertainty to. Like you, you are welcome, you come, and you don't even do anything, right? Like Jesus is sharing it with you. You just let it happen. And so this is uh, something that we get to practice, uh, allowing God to work in a moment, sitting, and we get to do this with each other. Um, and it's so awesome. Like, we don't have to be doing something, living up to something. We don't have to, like, all agree on every point of, you know, our beliefs. The thing is, like, we are just sitting, allowing our Lord to do the things that he wants to do. And we're accepting it. And uh, this, is, this is something, like, I just challenge us to do in this new year. Uh, you know, each day or, like, you know, once a week, just take a moment and, uh, and have a moment of yielding. Like, you may not carry bread and juice with you everywhere you go. That's fine. Like, but take a moment and just say, okay, Lord, like, your day and not my day, right? Yours is the kingdom. Yours is the power. You know, may the interactions I'm going to have today, may they be your interactions and not mine. May my to-do list be yours and not mine. You know, my plans today, you know, yield those over, give those over. And uh, so, yeah, let's just take a moment and sit with this and uh, really think about, you know, whether it's your day or, or this year. Really just take a moment and think, like, what am I just grasping on that I can loosen my grip to? If this is your kingdom, not my kingdom, what can I loosen my grip to and just let you do your thing, Jesus, and not be so worried about trying to do it myself? So let's, uh, let's take a moment before we take communion and, and uh, think about these things. In the Lord's Prayer, Jesus says, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. So when you're ready, let's, uh, let's take in the bread and uh, remember Jesus in his broken body that he shared with us.
And now when you're ready, we'll take in the juice and remember Jesus shedding his blood for us. Thank you for these moments, Lord, these pauses to reflect, to rejoice, to ask, and, and to yield to you, and to let you be you, Lord, and to uh, do something that seems like it should be easy but can be so hard, which is to uh, not try and do everything ourselves. Lord, but let you be Lord. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. May we live with intention and pay attention, for every moment is light with the fire of God's presence. May we walk into this week and this new year, believing that there is a light that shines in the darkness, which the darkness shall not overcome. May the love of the Creator, the joy of the Spirit, and the peace of Christ be with you each step of the way, now and forever. Go in peace.